0: privilege to be with you you here to open up the scriptures together. And so I'd like to ask that you join me in the book of 1 Corinthians in the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Next week, not only do we have the the, uh, pizza fundraiser, uh, but we also have the privilege of having a guest speaker with us next weekend, and, and I would appreciate your prayers for this. Uh, Mike Dittman from headquarters, uh, from the United Brethren headquarters, who's become a close friend of mine, is going to come and meet with our staff and our elder board all, all day next Saturday as, we, as as we've been thinking lately about... Uh, this idea of discipleship and relational discipleship. Uh, he's going to kind of just meet with us and, and talk about what that's, that, that sort of thing looks like and begin to how to implement some of those things in our midst. And so I would cover your prayers next Saturday as we have a, just a great day of meeting and, and encouragement and uh, some time to think through some of these things as a leadership team. And then uh, he'll be joining us on Sunday to, to share God's Word with us. But today we are in First Corinthians chapter 12 And uh, this is part two of last week's message. Last week, we talked about being part of the plan and how, uh, from Ephesians chapter one, how valuable we all are in God's sight. How precious we are to Him because He has bought us back. Just like that last song said, He's bought us back with the very blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and brought us into His family. And so this week, we're going to emphasize uh, how essential we are to His body. Last week we saw that we were valuable to God. This week I, wanna, I want each of us to see from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we're essential to His body. We are part of His plan, His great commission plan to take the gospel into all the world, to build disciples from His people. So I want you to follow along as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, the sense, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's pray one more time. Our Heavenly Father, your word is precious. May it be precious to us. Your word is powerful. May your spirit use it mightily in our midst. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see the glories of the way that you have arranged the body, your church, so that we might all play the part that you have called us to. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, as I mentioned, we saw that we were valuable to God, but this week, we're going to focus on how you, you are essential to the body of Christ. In verse 12, the first thing we see is that the body is composed of many parts. Paul says, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Paul is going to illustrate his point in this chapter, as we've seen already, with a metaphor of the body. It sometimes this metaphor turns humorous, and I think that was Paul's intention. Our physical bodies, in many ways, represents the group of people that God has saved and called together as His own. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at John 17 and we gloried in the verses which reminded us that Jesus prayed that we may be one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 explains what that oneness should look like. In fact, the word one is used 12 times in this chapter. The word body is used 18 times. Uh, The word member is used 13 times. The picture that Paul is painting for us is that you and I, we belong to this thing called the body of Christ. And we all play an important part. In God's family, there are no lone wolves. I don't know about you, but I, I like to read books from time to time and see movies or television shows that portray that tough guy who's going to save everybody and fix every terrorist problem in the world all by himself. The Jack Bowers of the will of the, of the world, the, the Liam Neesons from the, the movie Taken. I'm just going to take care of the problems, everybody else, stand aside, and I'm going to fix it just me. Our culture can promote that type of individualism. And there are some ways that it's good. We want to be people, and we're trying to raise our children, I think, to be people who are independent, who can stand on their own two feet. Um, You probably are raising your children so that they're still not, they're not still living with you when they're 40, 45, 50. Your goal is to see them move. I'm not trying to pick on anybody if there's. An issue. I don't want to raise any, you know, cause any friction here in the families. But uh, the, the ideal is that, that you're raising them up to be the kind of kids who are self sustaining and, and can do life on their own. The thing is that, that that's okay in our culture, that's, that's a good thing. But when it comes to God's people, his church, he's not looking for people who stand on their own two feet. He's not looking for people who can do it on their own. He's not looking for anyone to save the church by themselves, to try to do all the ministries by themselves, to try to fix everybody's problems by themselves. He's looking for each of us to understand that we're part of a body. We're part of a team, and we all play an essential part. And number two, that means that every body part is essential. Every body part is essential. Verse 14 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Paul goes on to show That no matter what the part you play, no matter what gifts you have, no matter what your personality is, no matter you've been a Christian for one year or 75 years, you have a role in the body of Christ. And his point throughout the text is that if you decide for whatever reason, and we'll look at some of those reasons that might be, but if you decide that you're not going to play that role, everything else is thrown out of whack. Everything else is thrown off kilter. We know physically how important It is to have all of our body parts working correctly. When one of them goes haywire, when one of them begins to hurt or or not function properly, we know it. It frustrates, maybe angers, upsets us. The Winter Olympics are going on right now. My wife enjoys watching it probably a little bit more than I do, but we've watched it a few nights this week. And her very favorite thing to watch is, is figure skating. Um, you know, there are things that we do for, for one another as couples to uh, show our love for them, and that's one of the ways I show my love for my wife is by uh, enjoying figure skating. But, you know, I have come to appreciate the work that goes into that, and it's amazing to watch how much control they have over all of their body parts. That's the thing that astounds me. When they're, when they're spinning like crazy, there's no flailing about, nobody's screaming and yelling, they're, they're completely under control, I, that is very, very impressive, I've, I've come to appreciate it a little bit more as I've gotten older and, and watched it a little bit more with her, but imagine on one of the couple's skates, that this, this couple is about ready to go out to do the, this routine, this routine that they've been practicing for at least months, maybe years, preparing for this one event. And just before they get ready to go out onto the ice, the judges come to them, surround them, and say, We've come up with a new rule. You know, there's so many rules in the Olympics. It's astounding that the way that they have to, to measure everything out and everything has to be done just precisely. The judges say, We've got a new rule. We want you to do your same routine that you've been practicing, but here's the the kicker: you can't use your legs. We've we've made uh, some specially fitted ice skates that go on your hands, and we want you to do this same routine, but you can't use your legs. Uh, now we laugh and we think uh, that actually would be kind of kind of cool to watch. I think, but but. It's ludicrous it, it, that your legs are absolutely necessary to being able to do those routines, especially if you've been practicing with two legs all along. Imagine the, the hockey team, right before they hit the ice, the refs huddle them up and say, all right, everybody, we want to mix things up a little bit. And you're not allowed to use your hands. You have to hold your sticks like this or, or try to try to it, hold it under your arm. Hit the puck. All right, go get them. We recognize that all the body parts are essential. The same is true in the body of Christ. Each and every one of us, this text says, are members. Over and over and over, 13 times, the word member is used here. We're members. We're not talking about being members of Brown Corners Church. That's a separate discussion. But when you became a Christian, God said that you were placed into the body of Christ, the universal body of Christ. We're not just talking about local church here, Brown Corners Church. We're talking about you're part of the universal body of Christ that all Christians are a part of. And each and every one of us play a role. You are a member. You may not have understood that when you trusted Jesus as your Savior, but you you signed up to become part of the body. You were included. And the text goes on, actually, before, before what we read, and then at the end of what we read, it talks about some of the gifts that we are given to play that unique role. And we'll talk about gifts down the road a little bit more this summer. But for some of us, we may not feel like we have a part. We may not want to play a part. And I was thinking about this text, and I was listening to a sermon by Alistair Begg, and I I think he, he succinctly nailed some of the reasons. One thing that came to my mind was, maybe it has to do with jealousy or envy. As I read this text... And as I thought about the context of 1 Corinthians, I remembered that, that there were people in this church who were fighting about whose gifts were better. And if you read like 12, 13, and 14, you'll see that come out. They, they were, there was a lot of pride mixed in there and a lot of, I'm better than you. And there were some people who were like envious, like, I didn't, I didn't get that gift. I got stuck with this one. And I'm not as good or as important as this, as this person. There was jealousy Listen, when we're jealous of the gifting or part of others, not only do we cause friction in the body, but we question the wisdom and goodness of the Holy Spirit, the giver of those gifts. We may also struggle along with that with inferiority. Look at verses 15 and 16. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, I would not make it any less part of the body. Do you hear the argument that Paul's uh, laying out here is that, that there are some people that say, well, because I'm not that, I'm nothing. Because I don't have this gift, because I'm not playing that role, I'm nothing. And Paul says, it doesn't change the fact that you're, you're, you're part of the body still, just because you're you're not an eye doesn't doesn't somehow make your foot not there you're here you're you're part of us you're part of God's body and you play an important part it may sound like humility to uh, slump our shoulders and put our head down and say well i'm just me I, i'm never been all that special, and I don't imagine what I have to offer with all these gifted people around me and smart people and maybe some educated people and, and wealthy people. I, I don't know what I have to offer. I, I don't know. That, that may sound like humility, but it's, it's really pride cloaked in humility. It, it's a way of, of brushing off what God has said He wants you to be and to do. It, it's, it's, it's shrugging off the greatness of His gifts. Perhaps it's a problem in your thinking, and you feel like, I'm not all that important. Perhaps, though, it, it, it's a problem with leadership. Leadership. Maybe there have been those of us who have made you feel that way as you've sought to get involved. And if if that's the case, please make sure you talk to me because I want to personally ask your forgiveness. That that shouldn't be the case. I know that I've done that. People have come to me with an idea about a ministry or a way they can serve and not, not been encouraged, maybe even shot down. That's... That's not right. That's not the way the body of Christ is supposed to function. God calls us all to play a part. It doesn't mean that we always get to do whatever we want in the body of Christ. But there are no second class members of this body. There's no one who is inferior in this body. You are gifted by God to be a part of this body. You know, I think sometimes kids understand these things better than adults. you remember that kid song? Maybe you don't. I grew up singing this song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read it, as always. (laughs) If I were a butterfly, I'd thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. And if I were a robin in a tree, I'd thank you, Lord, that I could sing. And if I were a fish in the sea, I'd wiggle my tail and I'd giggle with glee. But I'd just thank you, Father, for making me me, there is a lot of theology packed in to those cute verses, because as God's people, we shouldn't strive to be somebody else, we shouldn't long for their other gifts. We should ask, God, what is the, what is the, the holy, most Christ-like version of me that I can be? and pursue the gifts that He's given to us. But maybe there's another, there's the, the other flip side to this comes across in verse 21 is that I, the idea of superiority. And that's the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Let's, let's do away with any of this manifestation of pride in our church where someone looks down on others because... They're not nearly as special and as important as I am. That is divisive and destructive and harmful in every way to the body of Christ. I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, do I fall into one of these camps struggling with inferiority or superiority in the body of Christ? Do I refuse to use my gifts because... I don't feel like they're good enough, like I don't have enough to offer, or do I look down on others because they're not nearly as important as I am? Both of those things were going on in the Corinthian church, and both of those things Paul said, Enough! You are all my children. I have gifted you all uniquely. There'll be some people who are up on stage and can sing gorgeously. There'll be some up front who can speak eloquently. But there'll be some behind the scenes that no one ever knows about who are praying their souls out for the list of people in our membership directory. And they're never up here getting any of the lights on them. There are people that come in in the middle of the week and, and clean the grease off the, the stove in the kitchen. And nobody knows. And Paul is telling us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that no one, no one is more important than anyone else in the body of Christ. Finally, I want us to see that the body only works as it should when everyone fulfills their God-given role. The body only works as it should when everyone fulfills their God-given role. I want to emphasize those two words, God-given. Verse 18, look with me if you would, tells us that it is Look, it is God who has arranged the members in the body. God arranged the members in the body. Think with me for just a moment here. Is God good? Yes, He is. Is God wise? Yes, He is. God has brought... The word arranged is like picturing a chess match. or, or, Or when you... I know when my wife, uh, when we have company over, my wife likes everything to look just right around the house. And so we're spending time making sure that pillows are arranged properly on the couch and that, that the blood stains are cleaned up off the floor and, and, and everything is put just so. That's the idea here is that there's an arrangement going on and God has said, okay, I'm, I'm putting you here and you're supposed to be here doing this and I want you connecting with these people here and influencing these people. Now, you, you're you gonna have a little wider influence and you're gonna connect with maybe a few more people. You, you're, gonna be, you're gonna be a stay-at-home mom and your main role is gonna be pouring into your kids and, and that's what I want for you. And, and God has arranged and placed Each of us. I believe that God has brought all the right people to Brown Corners Church to do what He wants to do. I believe that all the gifting here that we have here is is the gifting that God has brought together for His glory, for the furtherance of His kingdom in Clare County and beyond. Because it is God who's doing the arranging. This means that, that we shouldn't long to be somebody else, that we shouldn't long for somebody else's gifts, but we should long to fulfill the role that God has given you. So my question is, are you? Are you? If you don't know what that role is, the first thing to do is pray. Pray, pray, pray. Spend time before the Lord saying, God, am I serving you in your body like you want me to? Am I using the gifts that you've given to me? If you still have questions, if you're still not sure of of what God wants to do, come sit down with one of the pastors and let's pray about it together. Let's talk about it together. And, And if... One of us has discouraged you from using your gifts or made you feel like you're not important. We want to repent of that. The body of Christ is people called together from all different walks of life. And the Bible says that God brings them together all of their uniqueness, all of our idiosyncrasies, all of our different talents and gifts, and he brings us together and arranges it and says, now go, go and serve. As you know, I know next to nothing about music. Um, I am in awe when I watch our worship team practice how they can bring together these various instruments and synchronize them into the beautiful music that we hear on Sundays. I am in awe of an orchestra that can come together and you've got instruments that I have, I have no idea the names of. You, you've got strings and you've got brass and, and whatever else is out there. And this conductor gets up and I, we, Elise and I were watching a video of this, this beautiful, beautiful orchestra. And I said, you know, it seems like all those gifted people that are in that orchestra could figure out how to play without the conductor. Like, to me, it just seems like a guy that wants to have... a, a long tails and be up in front of everybody and he was probably the guy who could never learn an instrument and he wants to be up there waving this wand all those people are gifted enough to do it without him and my wife looked at me like I was an idiot all right I don't know music and she said there's no way they need the conductor to bring them together but every instrument is crucial to make the piece work same is true in the body of Christ. Each of our instruments, each of our gifts are crucial to make it work. But you know what we need? We need Jesus leading the charge. He's our conductor. He's the the author and finisher of our faith. And when we follow Him through the working of the Spirit, we can put together the most beautiful piece of music you've ever heard. We are part of God's plan to reach the world for Jesus Christ. You are part of the body. You are part of that plan. Ask God today to use your gifts for his glory in his body. Let's pray. Our Father, we come to you today knowing that To make any of this work, we need your Holy Spirit. We need the power that comes only from you. We can't accomplish any of these tasks alone or even together without your Spirit. I thank you, God, for the men and women and children that you have brought together at Brown Corners Church and those who are yet to come, those whom you will will call out of darkness into your kingdom that will come into our midst and for the gifts and the equipping that each and every one of us has. Lord, do away with any spirits of superiority in our heart do away with any spirits of inferiority in our hearts. And may you guide my brothers and sisters here who who don't know their role, who don't know their part, who who don't feel like, like they have one. May you guide them to their calling for your kingdom's sake and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.